When it comes to your bathroom, the shortest distance between outdated and updated is one click on homedepot.com slash bath. It's the Days of Doing Winter Bath event, up to 40% off a wide selection of vanities, faucets, toilets, and more, plus free delivery of all online vanities. From bold new lighting to a fresh new shower, your new bath is closer than you think. The Winter Bath event, online now at homedepot.com slash bath. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Bow through March 28th, while supplies last. Welcome to El Tell and John's La Liga Weekly, where this week it's back to the future. Yes, it's back to when Lionel Messi was the best player in the world, not the fifth best player as he is now. Give it up, John. No, I won't. I don't get it, Doc. I mean, how can all this be happening? It's like we're in hell or something. It's only a few months since Joaquin Caparos was weeping like a lost soul at the prospect of standing down as Sevilla's interim coach. But hey, the other guy lost a few games, so back he comes. Fancy a sporting director. What about the bloke who just left Roma? I guess the challenge of getting Mesut Ozil off the wage bill made Arsenal too daunting for Monchi. <laughs> Who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? Oh yes, and at Real Madrid, Florentino Perez employed all of his encyclopedic knowledge of football to look for a coach to replace Santi Solari. Vicente Del Bosque is retired, John Toshek hasn't got a mobile phone, so he had to go for Zinedine Zidane, who then pressed the reset button. Isco, Navas, Bale and Ivan Campo, all named in the starting eleven against Celta Vigo. This week's newspapers are clear. Madrid will now sell all of their players, replace them with a whole new squad, sell all of them and buy Pele and Pushkas all in the next transfer window. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Diego Simeone had a lesson in life this week. No matter how big your testicles, someone will always come along with bigger. A tame atleti set back and beg Juventus not to hurt them. But that was the mighty Juve with the great Cristiano. Just wait till they're back in the Liga against the likes of Iñaki Williams and Kenan Codro. <laughs> The obituaries for Spanish football were written and ready to go, only for Messi to ruin it. Never mind, chaps, just change Spanish for German and write off the whole Bundesliga instead. <laughs> after all, there are six English teams left in Europe, and after careful reconsideration, that is how you measure which is the strongest league. Now, more back to the future. Go on, then. Jesus Navas. Jesus Navas <laughs> is in the Spain squad. More on that later. And if you haven't been watching carefully, you might think they've called up the wrong matter. <laughs> there were 4,500 fans at Abar versus Valladolid. Meanwhile, at the Wonder Metropolitano for Atleti and Barca's women's game, there were over 60,000. A world record in your face, Dick Kerr's ladies. And that's ones for the <laughs> women's football historians there. England's Tony Duggan was one of the scorers in a Barca win, and no one demonstrated their virility by thrusting their genitalia <laughs> at anyone else. And no one appealed for a handball against their own teammates. They don't know what they're doing, those women. <laughs> Uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at Driscoll FC at Terry Gibson 88 at, unders at La Liga underscore weekly. Where shall we start, Terry? Shall we? Uh, obviously, Real Madrid has been the big seismic changes this week, but whenever we talk, whenever yeah. we're going to talk about anything or anyone else, Messi comes along and yeah. does something extraordinary and makes sure that we have to talk about him. So his performance in the Sunday night game 
against Betis. He scored 50 previous hat-tricks. I can't remember a better one. A few weeks ago against Sevilla, which is the <laughs> it was his astonishing. Best ever, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah, I mean it's uh, astonishing that he's he's. I think it's the first. It's another one of those stats. I mean, you're looking around when he, the goals are going in. When it got to two, you're looking at th- three, and you're thinking, how many hat tricks is that going to be? That's one stat you're looking at. You start looking at his stats for this season in the league. I think it's 29 now. I think it's 42 overall in all competitions. Um, the two. He's the first player ever to score against Sevilla and Betis. In their stadiums in one season, it is it's astonishing the assists, the amount of free kicks. I saw one ridiculous stat tonight where in eight seasons he's scored more free kicks than Real Madrid have yeah. in eight seasons. However, you yeah. <laughs> distraction. You, you drill down in that stat. He takes all. He takes most of Barca's free kicks. Yeah. So he so, sort of would, wouldn't he? Yeah. Because Barca win a lot of free kicks. He takes a lot of free kicks. <laughs> and obviously, Cristiano spent ten years. Blasting them into the wall. So, <laughs> so, so, so Suarez he, is still <laughs> ambitious, isn't he? Being yeah. on the on the on next to Messi yeah. for every free kick. So he either thinks he's going to let me have this one. This suits a right footer, um, or he thinks I'll I'll be in the screen in the photo when it's uh, when it's flying in the back of the net because it's it's ridiculous how many times Suarez stands there. And it's, but it's but the free kicks with Messi. I mean, we tend to. I think everybody tends to go, oh, it's messy, it's another hat trick. Yeah, move on. So sometimes we're we're all, I think, in agreement how good he is. Mm. Um, there will people debate whether he's the best currently or the best ever. Or but that that's that's part of the fun of you know what we do on on this program. What people want to do when they're watching it, how they compare him with players from the past and and, and present. And, and sometimes we just brush over the. If it was anybody else, we would talk about that. Every week, yeah, but because when he gets a double, he gets two goals or something. They're both good goals. We just go, oh, Messi got two goals, and we move on without really analysing the quality of the goals because we all assume, yeah, this is what we expect from Messi. He's normalised the extraordinary, hasn't he? That's 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 what it's he's done. A great way of putting it. Exactly. You could have done that longer again, yeah, yeah. and I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, John. <laughs> no, it, it is. But when you see that the, the free kick tonight was spectacular, the, even the second goal. The, the outside of the foot finish, the, the quick way he finished it, the way he, the, just his instinct straight away to use the right skill at the right time just to knock it past the goalkeeper. And the, and the third one was to look at the... When you analyse the, the actual skill itself, the way his leg is bent, the way his ankle is bent, the way his foot is lined up. So he plays the ball, he goes for the return pass, and then that split second he anticipates he, he's got that instinct to pull off the right skill, to pull off the skill, as soon as it left his foot, you thought that's got a chance. So he's not only chipping the goalkeeper, he's curling it over the goalkeeper as well from an angle that's not really conducive for a left-footed player to chip the goalkeeper. Um, it was an astonishing goal, and he's he's in incredible form this season. He finished in the Ballon d'Or below Mbappe and Griezmann, and if if either of those terrific players, though they are, if either of those scored a hat trick like Messi. Did tonight, it would probably be their best game. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, no doubt whatsoever. Uh, and and it was good. it was a tough game as well. Yeah. Tis away. Yeah. Um, time and time again, it wasn't a great performance from Barcelona. But here's the difference between the two teams. He was the other week when he did against Sevilla. If if he'd been playing Sevilla, they would have won the game. If he'd been playing for Betis tonight, he would they would have won the game. So he, he is an astonishing footballer. He played well in midweek as well in the Champions League. 
he's just you know in in the <laughs> in incredible form at the moment. They were given a bit of a scare by Leon, weren't they? Got it back to two was, one. Yep. And I thought I thought Leon actually they went too attacking too early, didn't they? Kept checking on strikers, and I, obviously you can see why because they needed to score, but. Football's not that simple. He's like, oh, we need to score. We'll stick on another striker because against a team like Barcelona, you're just leaving yourself vulnerable to them to killing you off. Yeah, I guess there's an element of you think they're there for the taking at that particular time. So it was it was complacency from Barcelona. They were ahead and they were cruising through, and then all of a sudden it was oh, if Leon get the next goal now hmm. after they got the, the goal back, that Barca were going out, um, and I. I kind of think it was it was kind of the right thing to do because they had the momentum Leon and if they sat back and played it carefully again there's the I mean, it probably possibly Barcelona would still have scored a goal so I think if you got the chance it, it was it's up to the coach on the day to, to make the right call but I think momentum is a really important thing in football if you got them on the back foot and you're putting pressure on then I think it probably is the right thing to 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 go for it, we'll be talking about the other end of the spectrum when we talk about this coming to it later. Yes. Um, yes. So it's getting that balance right. But yeah, I take your point that they might might have gone too early and end up getting a thrashing, and and it really on the night it, it shouldn't have been a thrashing for Leon. Yeah. Whereas they could have, if they kept on playing like they could have got a goal in the ninety first minute and gone through at two one. Yeah, that, that's my point, which yeah. is probably Simeone's point. Well, like you say, we'll get to that. A couple of bouncer questions, uh, Neil. I take your point, Neil. It's it's a bit Scrooge like. Uh, is uh, actually no, sorry, not you. <laughs> so, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Neil. Uh, take it all back, Neil. Uh, right, he wants us to come up with an appropriate superlative for Messi. Oh, God, that... Difficult, isn't it? Relentless. Yeah, is one. It, it's the it, consistency it is, over the years, yeah. from game to game, from year to year, to season to season, uh, where he just never seems to dip his his, his extraordinary of, impact on games. His body of work is is going to be incredible when he packs up. Yeah. And we're going to look back at the, the you know, the hat tricks he got, the goals he got, the assists he got, the trophies he won, and we're not talking about a four or five season period, which some players do. I think I always look at Ronaldinho; he's the perfect example. He was the best player in the world for three or four seasons, mm-hmm. and he was an incredible footballer. Messi, in my opinion, has been the best player in the world for twelve now, ten, mm-hmm. eleven, twelve seasons. Arguably the best player in the world. So to do it consistently at that level, to score the goals he's, he's, he's done is one thing. To play the amount of games he plays as well. I mean, he, he, he doesn't still know at the stage yet where he's going to get rested. I thought he was going to get taken off against Betis. Yeah. But I think the crowd, it would have been a, <laughs> it would have been a sight to see, I think. because Good to see Betis, the crowd They were in full... Yeah. yeah. Um, you saw the reaction of Paolo Lopez, if to save on the third goal... What can I do? The supporters <clears throat> immediately broke into applause, didn't they? Then they're actually singing his name. And then you saw close ups of Betty's supporters, you know, telling you the pictures told you everything. So it his body of work, a superlative I I, I don't know. He's, he's, <laughs> we'll come back, he's come not, back to he's you. He's not human, is it? It's what he's doing isn't isn't normal. So uh, superhero, I guess. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was somebody else. Sorry, Neil. It was somebody else asking whether it's time to rest him or not. No, I think he makes that choice. Mm. Rightly so. Um, I think he's sensible enough, mature enough now to know. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the season because the league's done. Yeah, ten points clear. Ten points clear. They can wrap it up. They four or five wins out of the ten left um, will be more than enough. So 
Manchester United is the next big game around the corner for Barcelona, and and he knows that he still he knows he's still going to be judged on the Champions League this season because it's the only reason he didn't win the Ballon d'Or last season. Um, my opinion, he was still the best player in the world, um, but he didn't win the they didn't win the Champions League. They went out early, relatively early against Rome, and that's why he, he didn't win the Ballon d'Or. So I don't think he's incentive will be I want to win the Ballon d'Or I don't I think he's past caring about that now I think he's confident in his, what he's achieved in his ability that he doesn't need the acclamation of I can't believe that the, he finished fifth yeah. it's still an absolute <laughs> sin a crime against football to be honest but he his motivation is to win the Champions League again for Barcelona um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens now between now and, and when they play Manchester United in the first leg at Old Trafford I think Oh, Pansky is a Barca fan. I've always said we didn't need Coutinho left on the bench for a game of this magnitude. Should we cash in? So they, they changed formation, didn't they? Yeah, that was, that was, I think it's a really big talking point, actually. That the fact that it went back to what they were playing last season for a lot of the season when the Dembele was injured as well. Coutinho did play sometimes in that 4 4 2. He played wide of a midfield four. But I, th- I think that, was, that told us a lot tonight. It might just be a case of Valverde couple of reasons. It could be looking at the opponents in Betis and thinking actually the wing backs push on. Do I want my mid three one of my three midfield players, the the outside players up Artur and Rakitic getting dragged out to run back with the wing backs of Betis? Um or do I play a four? Um it was certainly it looked more durable, didn't it, with Arturo Vidal in there in particular. And it was it gave Messi and Suarez the chance to play together up front and, and they were brilliant. So it gives him an option at the very least. It gave him an option against Betis to try it out um, with a view to, to perhaps using it again for the rest of the season. But that that was that was quite telling that the midfield four of Artur, Arturo Vidal, Busquets and Rakitic, as opposed to Coutinho playing in there or coming in and playing in the normal front three. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what he does from now on. They did use it the majority of last season, didn't they? Mm-hmm. With, with Paulinho was in amongst the, the midfield four last season as well. So... It's something that worked for them last season to a degree, um, and it would give them an option in, in the, the, the last stages of, of this season. And in terms of cashing in, we'll get to this with a longer discussion about yeah, Real Madrid later. On. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's, just, it's hard, isn't it? To, to the, the logistics of transfer deals are hard. You've got to know how much you're going to get for it. Yes, and, and they paid a lot of money for him. And yeah. We spoke last week, didn't we, about the new order of transfer fees, how they yeah. all jumped because of Neymar. Barcelona were a team that had the the money from the Neymar deal, so they will probably people might argue that they overpaid for Dembele and Coutinho, but that was always going to be the, going to be the case with two hundred odd million euros burning a hole in their pockets. So clubs are not daft, but it's going to be a tough one. Coutinho is still very really talented footballer. I don't want to be too critical of him because he's still a a, a great player, mm. um, but it's it's hard for him to find a way. He, he looked slightly better midweek, I thought against Lyon, so. Hence why I was a little bit surprised that he weren't starting against Betis because it would have built on that confidence. Um, for him to get two minutes at the end was an ideal. So Valverde needs everybody fit. Luis Suarez coming off towards the end might be a concern. That changes the whole dynamic of Barcelona's team because you would imagine then if he was to be missing, then Belly looks like he could be missing for the, at least the first league against Manchester United. Um, that's you know the nature of the game in the second half of the season when you're fighting on all the fronts that... You will pick up injuries and you, you don't want them to be key players. Suarez is still a key player. Um, if he's injured, what happens then? Messi up front, Dembele's injured. 
Mm. So you go Messi, Coutinho. I, I wouldn't like to think. I wouldn't imagine. Sorry, that's the wrong phrase. That Kevin Prince Boateng is, is going to be the answer against Manchester United and um, playing up front with Messi one side, Coutinho the other. So that's going to be interesting how that plays out. Uh, Stu, thoughts on Antoine Griezmann to Barca again? They've come back, haven't they? Those rumours. They have, and and I would imagine it wasn't just the the going out against Juventus. I would imagine it was the fact that he was playing left back for most of the game <laughs> um, in a team that Atletico Madrid are not severe, massive underdogs now. When they play Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona, when they play any of the big clubs in the Champions League, they're not massive underdogs like they was when they won the league. They they surprised everybody by doing that, then got to the final as well. Played like underdogs in the final, almost got away with it, but they were asking for trouble the way they approached that first game, the way they sat deeper and deeper and deeper till they can see the goal and with 40 seconds to go then then lose 4-1. That was 2014, and I still see the same mistakes made by Simeone season after season after season, despite, as I said, the point, they're not underdogs anymore. They're a big club. They're a big European club, and they shouldn't play in that style against any team in Europe. By all means, you're protecting a two-goal lead. Keep it nice and tight at the back. Perhaps you're not looking for your full-backs to push on at every opportunity. But they had so much of the game. They had literally nobody to pass the ball forward to, which is my pet hate. I hate seeing teams when they're all back behind the ball and they get the ball and someone has to run with it and he knows that within five seconds hmm. he's going to lose it. The best he can hope for is he gets fouled because he's got literally... Griezmann, I'll use Griezmann as an example. Morata, they drop so deep when they get the ball, they're running forward with it. They've got no one to literally pass the ball forward. They're waiting for people to overtake them, or they end up passing it square, or they get tackled and the ball comes back again. Atletico Madrid that did, did did that from the first minute of the game the other night. It was the game plan was awful. Um, please remind me next time I back Atletico Madrid <laughs> how they possibly we see them in their first leg take the game to Juventus in the second leg. One header from Morata that drifted over the bar. It was a half chance. That was their sum total of attacking play. Awful. I understand he was hampered by Lucas Hernandez and Felipe being injured. Yeah. Costa being no suspended. Costa. Yeah. No Costa. I get that. And it was an ideal that Juan Fran is, is playing, having to play left back. We haven't seen enough of Arias yet to know whether he's going to be the the solution to an ongoing right back problem where which we keep seeing one friend appearing in season after season. Um they've had numerous tries to get the right back that Simeone likes. Thought Vasalico was okay, if I'm being honest. I thought he was moving in the right direction. So but it, there's just this constant attitude from Simeone in big games where he's he runs the risk of the fullbacks are not stopping crosses going into the box like they used to. When the ball comes into the box against a team like Juventus, where Ronaldo got the goals, but the fact you've got Mandzukic in there as well, that gives you a massive problem defensively. If you're conceding 30 crosses a game, you're asking a lot for your two central defenders to defend every single one of them. So I thought that the tactics from Simeone were, were, were horrible the other night. Uh, let's do the other questions while we're on, and then we'll have a break before we do Real Madrid. So, Uch, uh, although he signed a new contract, should Simeone contemplate leaving? Um, I think he's he is now at a stage. I, I've read somewhere he's getting twice as much as Zidane. Yeah. So no, he's not going to leave. Not on that money. Um, it's down to the club. But then they're not going to be in a position to make a change. I'm not saying they should do at the moment. But it's kind of you do get the feeling perhaps he has too much influence and power now at that club, without the responsibility of 
bring in the results, trophies. Um, I know they won the Europa League last season, and I don't want to take anything away from them, but they should have been in that. They should have still been in the, the Champions League last year, going out in the group stages, dropping into the Europa League. They were all they, they should win that. Um, that's how good we think they are. When they got knocked out last season, the, the Champions League, and went in the Europa League, everyone around Europe made them favourites yeah. straight away, and they won it. So they should be top-end Champions League. I'm not saying they should never lose to Juventus, um, but with a 2 nil lead, and then to lose 3 nil away from home. Isn't it? So the club have got got a lot of thinking to do now. isn't it a careful what you wish for though with Atleti and Simeone you you take him away you replace him with with who that's going to guarantee you getting any better you know they are going to they are the second or third at the end of this season um, they are disappointing of, well, you know, more than disappointing to have lost but it was Juve who knocked them out you, you see what I mean? I Where are you going to go? Exactly. It's it's it, could go, it could go wrong. You could be going through two, three, four managers before you get another one that's half decent and then you're into that position where you're sacking managers left, right and centre. Um, whereas with Simeone, he's been there a while now. Um, but he needs... I don't know if there's anyone at the club to do it, um, but he needs to... Not a warning as such, but he needs to be made sure that with the amount of money they're spending now, they should be doing a lot better yeah uh, Richard uh, I was shocked by the lack of energy and offensive threat from Atleti looked as though they were feeling sorry for themselves uh, Matthew how do Atleti approach the end of the season do they try to change style well when you look at the team now I'm not sure you can emulate exactly what Simeone had I know we did this on the podcast the other week we talked about that experienced battle hardened team that won La Liga um, but it's a much younger team now um, Godin is, is quite a lot older Wanfran is still involved Felipe is still involved so the, the team the squad has evolved I would say they've taken a risk on getting a small number of highly of costly players in terms of transfer fees and salaries so their squad isn't as deep as some of the other bigger clubs around Europe I would give Simeone that um there was two or three young players on the bench the other night against Juventus because mm. only two or three players were missing and it, it cuts into their bench. So I will give them that, but that's the choice they've made. Yeah, spent um, seventy million on, on Lamar. Lamar. So that that's that's massive money. He's not become a regular yet. His performance was disappointing. He looks like he's suffering from confidence. And he looks like he doesn't really know his role in the team yet, um, which is a slight concern. Now they're out of everything. Um, they're not going to catch Barcelona. Their ambition this year has to be to finish above Real Madrid, try and do that again. Um, but that's that's not enough. So the players have to take their share of the blame as well. I mean, it's not all down to Simeone. Um, I talked about the weaknesses against Juventus, where they weren't blocking crosses, they weren't marking in the, in the box for the, for the goals that Ronaldo scored. Correa with a daft penalty. Yeah, stupid, isn't it? I mean, who knows? I'm, they I'm could have saying. got to nine. They could have got all the way through to penalties. Yeah. They never looked like scoring a goal. Yeah. Um, Juventus actually had a lot of the ball, lots of balls into the penalty area. Didn't create that many chances. The fact they've got Ronaldo to get on the end of them is the, the reason they bought Ronaldo from Real Madrid, paid all that money for him, and he, that's for that competition because we know they're, they're going to win the league again, which they do every season. But it was to make the difference in the Champions League, which he did. So. If they can, they've got to stop the crosses, they've got Mark better in the penalty area, so that goes down to the players. That's not Simeone doing that. 
Um, and Correa, that's not Simeone's fault that he pushes the when player. When Bernadeschi in the runs era. into the box, I'm saying just don't foul him. Just don't foul him. Yeah, well, one thing, just don't, just don't. And the Juventus player Bernadeschi had been yeah. on for the whole game. Yeah. Correa comes on. It was just literally, it was a little bit lazy to be honest. Yeah, he's chasing him. Stay with him. Stay yeah. running with him. Yeah, try and block the shot. Try and block a pass. He was running. Don't into, just push him in the back. He was running into bodies, wasn't he? Yeah, give him a shove. Anyway, ridiculous. Uh, so uh, before we have the break, last little word then for Athletic, of course, who won and. Uh, it's, their relegation battle is going okay, isn't it? It's going yeah. very okay. We talked, it's 10 managers, might be 11, have lost their job. Yes. Mitchell, I think, has gone. Oh, season. is he gone? Right, okay. Yeah, I, seven I straight defeats. I we think came. he's yeah. gone and not confirmation. It was almost, it was so unconfirmed right. that he'd well, yeah. gone. So that's 11 gone this year. It'd be interesting to look and see how many of them have gone well. Villarreal had three changes. Celta have had three changes, so that hasn't gone well. Although Villarreal have turned it around a bit now. But Athletic Bilbao, that, that change made all the difference. A team that are underachieving. Suddenly look now, when you look at them, they do have an outside chance, I think, of European football next season. Um, so their relegation issues have totally gone now. Good performance from Athletic. Okay, Real Madrid next. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I- I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This week at Macy's, it's time to update your home with 25 to 50% off clearance, plus an extra 20% off with your coupon or Macy's card. Or shop specials, like an extra 15% off kitchen essentials, like blenders, food prep, and more. Brand new bedding, 60% off. And the Radley five-piece chaise sectional, $1,879. Now at Macy's. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase, except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. Welcome back to El Tel and John's La Liga Weekly. It's back to the future, which means we're on to Real Madrid. Don't forget, though, to <laughs> tell your friends, race and review. So if you're listening through uh, Apple, go on to the Apple, the iTunes app and uh, give us a, a, a five-star review. Appreciate There's it, no point in, yeah. yeah, But it makes a difference to other people listening to it, uh, which we need, obviously, because we want to carry on doing it. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. Tell your friends, Real Madrid. Terry, things have moved quickly at Real Madrid. Last week, last week you said there's no rush. No, no, no. <laughs> but there was. And it's Zidane. Uh, Zengrin Yoda, Zidane back at Real Madrid brings me tremendous calm and peace of mind. Does Terry foresee Perez 
learning from his past arrogant preventable errors and trusting Zidane this time. So Zidane is back. Is that a pay rise? That's you say, nothing like Simeone's pay rises. All of the speculation. It's just 11 million a year. Yeah, yeah. Buy himself some socks, even. Uh, <laughs> Taylor to take the jeans up properly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in your mid 40s. That was a you're surprise. I don't know what was bigger surprise. Him getting the job after we did the podcast last week so quickly, or seeing Zidane turning up looking like he'd just come straight from Club Tropicana. Yeah, that top, wasn't this, top half he'd been saw. at work. Yeah, Bottom half great. he'd just yeah. been, he'd been, he'd been on, the, on the beach. Uh, anyway, more importantly, they're, they're linked with every footballer <laughs> in the world. As I say, uh, Pele, Di, Di Stefano might be making a comeback, Pushkas, the lot. Um, they can't sign them all because no. they it's just in, the, the amount if you believed all the transfer speculation they're selling about a dozen and they're bringing in some of the world's best so Mbappe Neymar Hazard you just can't get Ericsson. all that work you can't get all that work done in the time so they've signed Edda Militao an easy one because he can go and splash a, load, splash a load of money at Porto they would say okay he's a good player but yeah you can have yep. it you can't do that with the rich clubs with clubs and that deal was done before Zidane came in, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 because it was announced the day yeah. or the day after, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that deal was done. I think, let's work back because last week when we did did the podcast, his name was being linked, Mourinho's name was being linked. Yeah, no one had any idea it was going to be on the Monday. No, nobody. Which is really unusual for this day and age that it was literally the news, the link came out about an hour before. And at that time, Solari still hadn't been sacked. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm still not sure he has. No, I'm being yeah, serious because yeah. he was the B team coach. Yeah. So I don't know whether this was the B team coach at Solari that took over the job at Real Madrid as interim manager, but couldn't last, couldn't do it for longer than two weeks without being called a permanent manager. Mm. So he relinquished his role then to become the first team coach. So he loses his job as the B team manager. I, I don't. I, I, with in all this. Over was it down pitching up again at Real Madrid, which is for me. I, I'm thrilled. I think it's great news. I think it's the right choice. But we 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 literally didn't hear anything about Solari, did we? No confirmation he'd actually gone. Um, and Zidane was in, and the big presentation. I'm not sure why Abaloa was on the platform as well. Don't know what position he's got at Real Madrid now. Um, so it, it took everybody by surprise. But it, it, it's the right choice to make. I really do feel that. I think Solari had lost the plot, if I'm being honest, in terms of Isco, for instance, mm-hmm. the way that Gareth Bale was behaving. There were other players in the squad that felt ostracised as well. Marcelo. Yeah, Marcelo. People know that have been listening to this podcast for a long time. I, I love Marcelo going forward. I've always seen his weaknesses as, as a defender. Um, but he's been a huge part of what Real Madrid have achieved in the Champions League over the last five seasons. So it, you would imagine these form form was temporary and, and at that stage he probably felt quite rightly that he was due a little bit of patience from a manager particularly an interim manager I know he got given the two and a half year contract or whatever but I, I never had think, the authority of a manager did he? No so to come in and, and ostracise important players that achieved a lot for Real Madrid meant that it was always going to end up in one way, I'm afraid that that's that's when player power does have play a part in a manager succeeding or failing, and that even the players that were playing under Solari would have looked at the way he was treating friends of theirs, teammates of theirs, players that have served Real Madrid well, Frisco not to be in squads and not to be on the bench, and it, it was it was I think he, he he went about the position of 
perm- a temporary manager, stroke permanent, but short term, if it had gone about in a different way and had some success this season, that wouldn't have been against all the odds that he, he might have kept it mm. for longer. Yeah. But I think the way he went about it surprised me. I, I, we got to know him at Sky and he, he the, his forthright manner in which he took over Real Madrid really surprised me. I didn't see that coming, I must yeah. be honest. It's, yeah. make, it's one thing to make big decisions, but then to permanently discard players, um, then it became clear that the he, there were obvious issues between them. And what he said, Dan, do first game brings them all back. So it's yeah, not just yeah. back to the future with Zidane, it's back to the future with the, the starting lineup. Navas, that's a problem now, isn't it? Uh, hang on, Cameron wants to know is it Cameron? Uh, yeah, uh, should, should, should he have dropped Courtois? Big question, that isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it Zidane is coming in and not he hasn't care, he doesn't care what's happened. Yeah, so he's picked this team at the weekend as if it was the first team he's picked. Yeah, after the Champions League final. Yeah, yeah, control alt delete and he's back to exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's he's not look, he's looked at it and thought, well, you know, my last game was the Champions League final, so I'm gonna put not because he wanted just to that 11, because he probably thought, well, I liked Navas, he resisted the temptation from Perez to buy other goalkeepers in the mm-hmm. past as mm-hmm. well. Kepa yeah. Yeah. could have been at Real Madrid. Yeah. So Dan didn't want him. He wanted to stick with Navas. So it, was, it, it wasn't a massive surprise to me that he chose Navas at the weekend. Um, Marcelo, he's probably looked in and thought, well, he served me. Well, I'm going to show him some loyalty now some, and be patient. He come back into the team. Isco comes back into the team. Gareth Bale looks better. Ronaldo. He was yep. on the team. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't a surprise that he made those changes. The problem is, there's going to be a problem though with Navas and Courtois. If Courtois on the bench now, mm. if Zidane goes right back to what he was doing yeah. and has faith in Navas, then it's going to be Courtois on the bench. He's not going to be there next season. Well, you identified that previously about not having not moved on Navas gave them the problem. Exactly. When, when yeah. they brought Courtois been, in. Yeah. And I think that out of respect to Navas as well, to, to have moved him on, he would have been playing for a big club in Serie A. He could have been playing for Juventus when mm. you think they've got Chesney in goal. And there would have been clubs, all the big clubs around Europe would have had him as their number one. Um, Real Madrid have got, they're fortunate, they've got two number ones, two outstanding goalkeepers. Um, but Courtois hasn't gone to Real Madrid to sit on the bench. Um, so that's going to be a problem that Zidane isn't going to be bothered about, I don't think, in particular. No, well, he's um, got a lot of power now, hasn't he? Yeah. Because they've had to bring him back. Yeah. Go cap in hand. And I'm yeah. not saying that he won't give Courtois games between now and the end of the season, but I think it's going to be a straight fight between the two of them. Who's going to be number one next season? We won't have this messing around next season. We won't have one playing and one on the bench. They're mm. both too good, either of them, to be sitting on the bench, um, playing in Champions League and stuff like that. That's not what those two goalkeepers, that's not what they're about. So that's the first issue, but there's going to be massive issues to be sorted out so how much i know we sort of touched on this before because you, you described it as the the ugly summer coming up it, it got ugly early for santi um how much realistically can you do in the transfer market as a you know how how many can you get out and and in we see you know they've been linked with hazard for like two years and it still hasn't well, that's happened. got an issue now with chelsea isn't it as well with a transfer possible yeah. transfer ban so if you want... They won't with... want to sell if they can't replace. Yeah. So they're linked with Icardi, they're linked with Ericsson, they're linked with all of these players. They're going to be, though, aren't they? Yeah. So, but really, how Bad many Bay. can they do? I know they've got loads of money. I, I would imagine they would have two or three big names. I would then... And I'm talking really big names. I, th- I don't think it's out of question for them to do that. I've no idea who it's going to be. Um, but I think 
three three big names could be in the door at Real Madrid next season. And then you've also then you've got the players that can be can be moved on. One or two big names might be moved on by Real Madrid, but I think it would be more like the players that are not going to be featuring in in the strongest Real Madrid team and make a so bit of money that way. It'd be like Ceballos, could yeah. be one of those. Yeah, um, you've got Kovacic out on loan. Yeah, you've got Teo Hernandez out on loan. You've got Ashraf Hakimi out on loan. Um, suppliers James Rodriguez is another issue as well. He clearly doesn't want to stay at Bayern Munich. I think he he wants to come back to Real Madrid, but he fell out with Zidane mm. before he left. Um, so it's uh, you look at those players that have been getting playing time recently. Um, Mariano Diaz is he going to be given more opportunities than the last time he was under Zidane? Came on at the weekend. Came on. Yesterday and 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 Saturday in the school and played a part as a sub, so I think it's a question for Zidane to look at his immediate priorities for the big name players, the big money players, and then if they can get three in without having to worry about selling, then they can move on. They could probably raise another hundred, hundred fifty million on players. Do you think that's realistic? That don't really that make a difference. Done in a window, all those players. It can be. It can be. Right. It depends how how hard you you want to work, and you the, the the blessing for Real Madrid is you don't have to work hard to convince players to go there. Yeah, you know players will want to go there. The minute they're linked with Real Madrid, they will do what they can to move on from the club they're at. It it makes it helps as well that Zidane is manager now, because there'll be players that will, mm. you know, not I'm not saying they wouldn't have gone to Real Madrid, but the attraction Hazard's made no secret of fact he would love to play for Zidane. Um, so it's it's, it's they have to do a lot of work, though. It's not good enough to be where they are in the league. It's not good enough to be where they were in the league last season. And I think Zidane has made it clear that he wants to fight consistently again, Barcelona at the top of La Liga and and, and be, finish above Atletico Madrid at the very least. And we're, their league title campaign is finishing early March every season now. Uh, we should tell you the actual score, shouldn't we? Uh, Betis won versus Barcelona 4. Didn't actually tell you that. We uh, Moron got the goal uh, for Betis. Uh, Athletic beat Atletico 2 0. Williams and Kenan Codro. There are clues throughout this show that of what the score yeah, were yeah, yeah. together. Uh, <laughs> and then Real Madrid won 2 0 against Celta Vigo. Isco, funnily enough, yeah. with his last touch, and he took him off. So yeah. it's just proving that he was good. I think. Yeah. And then <laughs> off he went. And, uh, and Gareth Bale, who was actually lucky, wasn't he? Because he actually smashed. It was it? He smashed in the face with his elbow, but there was a case for a red card there, wasn't it? Because he really flings an elbow. Yeah, we've seen that a few occasions now, yeah. haven't we? From yeah. Bale, a little yeah. flash of of temp and aggression and temper. Yeah, uh, they weren't. They they finished strongly, but Celta Vigo are a soft touch, aren't they? Oh, it's a great game for Zidane yeah. to start at home against a team that lost ten to the last twelve. Yeah, yeah, and, and deep in trouble now. Are aren't they? Deep in trouble. There's a gap. The results yeah. of teams above them haven't helped their cause. Mm. We kind of thought they were on their way to establishing themselves as a La Liga, mm. established La Liga team doing well in Europe a couple of seasons ago. Um, to now, when you look at the league table now, they are four points adrift mm. of VRL. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you expect VRL now to back to winning ways to climb the table via Delid getting a win. Um, it drags one or two others in, um, VRL's results, but Celtic need to start doing some work. Ryo and Huesca, I'm afraid, look doomed now.
Uh, right, so more clues as to the scores then. <laughs> um, uh, I did a Instead of predictions, we're going to ask people <laughs> to tell us the results based on the clues we give them on the podcast. Uh, where <laughs> should we go? Should we do... Uh, well, actually, no, Big the other big, big story this week. So I did a couple of polls, uh, the, the story that we just left. Uh, Mbappe was the clear choice for Real Madrid because obviously he was. It, it's too obvious a big choice. Well, either him or Neymar, but in, in the poll I did... Mbappe fifty one percent, Neymar seven percent, absolutely clear surprised among that. the fans that they they want Mbappe, they don't want Neymar, because uh, I, I then I bracketed Hazard and Icardi together and they came second. I was just thinking in terms of price, yeah, that that's realistically you know Mbappe rules out mass of signings of other players because he'd be so expensive. Uh, the other one I did was uh, was severe right to sack Pablo Machin, yes twenty two. No, 78%. So people didn't want him gone. Uh, nine defeats in 15. Harsh game of football, isn't it? The spin of that ball when uh, Kier made the block just in front of the goal and it spun It looked back awful, didn't in. it? But it was just, it was happening. You just could see it happening, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They finished off the game like Let's Come Madrid. Once they got their goal in extra time, they, they, they're cruising then. Yeah. But they sat back, got deeper and deeper, invited pressure and, and conceded the goal. I, I put a tweet out saying they've been a tired team for some while. That was their fifty-first game of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday or the other yeah. night, one of those. Yeah. And for the last three months, they've had at least six players injured. Mm. I mean, yeah. Gonzalez has just come back. We've barely seen him so far for Sevilla this season. Nanon has been injured. It, it and there's been a lot of injuries. Um, and it's been tough on Pablo Machin. And and I, what, what's happened at Sevilla this week? We have to explain it. Machin has gone. Yes. Joaquin Capras, who did a great job when he was first manager, he did a great job last season getting him in the Europa League. Um, at the end of the season, when he replaced Montella, yeah, left in tears. He, he, on the he had another job at that time, didn't he? I think he was head of recruitment for the academy or something like that. Um, having got the club into Europe, they appointed Pablo Machin, and Joaquin Capras was given the job as director of football. So it's his responsibility to to pick the manager. So he picked Pablo Machin. So you kind of imagine it's his choice to sack the manager. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's not a great situation when the director of football keeps sacking managers so he can have the job as caretaker <laughs> manager. Yeah, because that's, that's that, it. Isn't that's going to make it hard for a manager to go in. Yeah. But fortunately, the director of football isn't going to be Caparos anymore. No, because Monchi's come. Who Which fits in with great for our podcast. We've done a Back to the Future thing yes. and Monchi's yeah. come back. <laughs> it, it's great news for... Sevilla, it's sensational news for Sevilla. I, I'm a bit flabbergasted that, with all due respect to Sevilla, Manchester United have been searching for ages now for a director of football. Yeah, um, haven't made him their number one choice for the last five years, and they should have prized him away from Sevilla a long time ago. So Arsenal, it's no no surprise he was linked with them. So for Sevilla to get him is in, incredible for that club again. Um, it's obviously a good fit. But it leaves the position now. He's director of football, so is he going to set Caparos? <laughs> yeah. Who, you, who probably is caretaker manager and probably, I don't know how that's worked at, at Seville. But that could work. They worked together in the past. Yeah. At the start of when Caparos was manager. What, 14 years ago? Are we looking there? Yes. Oh, oh, but they would have a working relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the point I'm making, mm. that it's not two strangers getting together. Um, you would hope their egos will be in place. 
Caparos left to go to Depot at the time because he thought they were <laughs> had more money. Interesting choice. Completely got that wrong. Um, but that, when you think about that, when he made that, it was about four years, five years after they'd won the league. So there was a difference at that time between Sevilla and Depot. So it was, I'm hoping it works out. Caparos can be a good manager for Sevilla. Munchie's the ideal director of football. They've worked together in the past. Let's let's hope it works itself out. But it's been an interesting situation all round. But I agree with you. I think, it, and most of our listeners, that I think it was a, a bit harsh on, on Pablo Machin. They've had too many managers in recent seasons, Sevilla, as long as, as well as too many different players. Uh, Kelvin thought he was doing a good job and it was uh, harsh to, to move him on. I think we've answered your question. Uh, yeah, he mentions the injuries as well. Harsh situation. Uh, they won 1-0 away to Espanyol. Ben Yedo with a penalty. Uh, Soriano, the goalkeeper, sent off after the final whistle, wasn't yeah. he? The, this, he learned a lesson yeah. there. There was no need for that. He gesticulated to the supporters yeah. who had been giving him a stick. Can't hear you. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. He was the, and then I think Diego Lopez put him in his place. And actually, that's not a bad shout for one of the most experienced and respected goalkeepers in La Liga to go across at the end of the game um, to tell him what he'd done wrong. And fairness to Soriano, he listened. He took it on board. He has since apologised on, on Twitter. He's a young goalkeeper, hasn't played too much football for Sevilla and just got carried away. So a mistake. Hopefully, he, he, I'm sure he will learn from it. Uh, funny, again, the spin of the ball, isn't it? The last minute of uh, Europa League games, obviously got Machine the sack, effectively. Uh, Valencia were going out. Uh, yeah, and then ninety second minute, I yeah. think uh, Gedesh slams in good finish. Great to see him fit. He's had these groin issues yes. that have affected his speed and his uh, agility, which is a huge part of his game. So yep. brilliant to see him back. And then in the La Liga this weekend, uh, unsurprising nil nil draw with Hetafe. <laughs> and just in case you thought uh, you weren't, you were hearing things. We haven't discussed VAR so far uh, this week, but yeah. uh, obviously VAR pops up. Can't can't not uh, have a, a discussion about football without the VAR coming in. So uh, nil nil because of the VAR. Yes, disallowed goal for Valencia, and Hatafe probably should have had a penalty as well. So the disallowed goal for Valencia. Look at you really putting a goal to pieces now, aren't you? The cross comes in the box. Gamero makes the first attempt from an offside position. The goalkeeper, it's one of those that's coming across the six-yard box. Yeah. And the goalkeeper has to dive out and parries it. Because Gamero Because Gamero is trying so to score. I like, He's offside. I would say offside there, yeah. On that point, yeah, I yeah. think that was offside. But that's not what's been done in no. other situations. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, yeah. and then as the ball goes clear and the ball is hit back towards the goal, who had the goal disallowed? Soler, Guedes? Someone's had a shot from Valencia anyway. Get it. From outside yeah. the box, Guedes. Yeah. And Gamero is behind the goalkeeper. Yeah. So there's only one defender behind him. Yeah. So, but I'm. Um, oh, he's un- offside, isn't he? It's a, he yeah. Jumps out of the way. Yeah. So like Varane, for the Modric goal, if surely, surely, if you're jumping I, I'm out get, of the I'm way, really, I'm getting hesitant now on what he's actually. It used, it used to be so much easier. Yeah. It well, was you, wrong. We used to understand it, the rules of football. Now we don't. Yeah. The interpretation of them. Yeah. Phases of play. Um, so the goal was disallowed. I think it was the correct decision because initially Gamero tries for the ball when the goalkeeper makes the first save. But I don't know if that was the offside that was given or the the, the shot where Gamero is behind the goalkeeper and only one defender behind him. I don't know if that's... that's. A, there's been three or four penalties this week as well. I thought we nailed on. And he not given. Yeah. So it's not necessary. I mean, the VAR is part of it. I know our, our friend Rob Palmer says... When people are criticising the VAR, they're criticising a television screen. Not quite, because it does affect people's decision making. I think that they know that it's going to be that they've got this opportunity to to scrutinise it. 
Um, but I think the interpretation of offside has gone crazy. We saw one in England, didn't we, where Raheem Sterling, is, he's, he's, try, he's pulled his foot back to shoot and the defender hits it against him. Oh, yeah. And the interpretation was that, it oh, the defender's played the ball, so yeah. Sterling's now onside. Yeah. It, but hang on, it's there. He's offside. The defender's only making the challenge because yeah. Sterling's there. Yeah. Sure, I mean, that's a that's crazy what I mean, interpretation I'm not... of offside now. Did you see... It really does sound like two blokes just sitting there having a chat. Did you see <laughs> the marker, which are not prone to pro-Atletico Madrid. Mm. Um, someone had proof of goal line technology not even being all we expect it to be. Yeah, well, they don't have a... Because the line was thinner, yeah. the ball was smaller, <laughs> yeah. and if you if they, and they proved that if the line was the, the size it should have been and the ball was the size it should have been, on the graphic we see, we we forget that's only a graphic. That could yeah. be, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a graphic. We we need to up, see yeah. proof yeah. of the ball, the bar, the the yeah. goal line, or whatever to see proof. A graphic can be from anywhere, can't it? And they were claiming that the Juventus goal, Ronaldo's one or black, which never would have been given in in real time without goal line technology. No, anyway. it said great save. Yeah, yeah, I, I said um, oh, great save. Yeah, so it it's VAR is. It's becoming more difficult as the season's gone on, hasn't it? I think, yeah, we're just we're just looking into it more. Maybe we should be more forgiving in that we'd learned sensible observers of football would learn to be forgiving of referees and, and and assistant referees when they made mistakes. Maybe we just got to get used to the fact that the VAR isn't great <laughs> and they're, they're just and people making mistakes. Yeah, is no, it quick enough? Not, yeah, certainly too slow. I mean, the, again, let's do Valladolid. They won away to Abar. Huge call. A tiny clip, wasn't it, for the equalising goal? I haven't seen it. I'm still not convinced I've seen it. No. The the, the clip, the contact. Yeah. Slow it down, it looks enough, doesn't it? Like, slow slow anything down, you see contact, it looks like a foul. So it's. I didn't see these problems at the start of the season. I was all for it. I still, in theory, am. But it's taking too long now. And some of the goals I'm being seen disallowed. Alan Neon gets one for Leganes this week. I can't see him offside. Yeah. And I've seen the the, the steel clip, the photo, and I, I can't. So how VAR? So we're talking those fractions, aren't we? You mentioned one last week where a player's heel was offside. Don Morales. That, that's the one yeah, that's yeah. going to great if every goal is going to be scrutinised and and you know every yeah. every single goal is tends yeah. to be everyone's offside yeah. all the time. So, so it's, yeah. it needs it does need some work. Uh, Villarreal beats uh, Rayo Vallecano, so they won in Europe. Uh, they play. Uh, Valencia, so we're guaranteed one La Liga club uh, in the in the final four, but only one. Uh, so things are looking up, aren't they? Uh, Rayo Vallecano's defending was poor. Um, Mitchell was on borrowed time anyway. It's a shame because he got them up. He was a part of the club and all of that. Uh, let's get Paco Hemeth in. Continue. Well, sack him though. The, uh, I'm yeah. I'm compromised by that because it would have been an achievement if they'd stayed up. They decide to stick with him. Why is he not the man for them to get them promoted again? Uh, because if are they, they going to sack him now? Do they expect the manager to get come a manager in and bounce? Save them, no chance. Mm. So there's almost an element of well, he got us up last time. Yeah. Um, who's about that's better, that's more suitable? Um, I know seven straight defeats normally does get a manager to sack. Wherever they are, I always think six, six yeah. without a win and you're under pressure. Um, at certain clubs, seven straight defeats, then you probably... But I, I was hoping that Raya were going to do things slightly different. Um, but I don't think any manager is going to be able to come in and now and, and keep them up, so 
perhaps they should have had a look towards next season again. Uh, Daniel wants some love for Santi Cathola, the Lazarus man, as he calls him. I think we've, we've I'm massive fan. Yeah. Always have been. Yeah. Um, apart from when he played for Arsenal, of course. <laughs> um, but he, what he's achieved this year, we're, we're talking about Messi's achievements, Cazorla's achievements this season. From the, We know the horror that he's gone through in terms of, at one stage, never being sure that he was going to actually walk again properly. Or there was a talk of a yeah, amputation. amputation is, uh, yeah. And when you see the, the mess of his Achilles tendon now, I think it's a miracle that he's playing yeah. and a miracle that he's playing and been Villarreal's best player this season and and looks as good as he did the last time he was in La Liga the, uh, he's best at Arsenal he, he's been one of my players of the year this year yeah, um, he's, been, he's been yeah. that good um, mm-hmm. because of what he's gone through to for his love of football enthusiasm to come back to Villarreal yes I will give because all, all, all the love in the world. Uh, other scores then, Real Sociedad won, Levante won, kicked us off the weekend. Wesker lost 3-1 at home to Alaves. You predicted that the other way round, didn't you? E- even though the, the, <laughs> the form said Alaves would win it, and they did win it, and they're still uh, brilliant Alaves. We, we won't talk about them for long, because we're running out of time. But Good day to get a goal. Yay! Yeah, which we <laughs> haven't seen too seen. much of him. The, yeah. the forwards at Alaves have been doing so well this season. Um, for them to be fifth at this stage of the season is a fantastic achievement. Yeah. And uh, only overshadowed by Hatafe being above them. It's And there's no freak about Hatafe, is there? No. My, my you know my concern about Hatafe is that Border they get into the Champions League, uh Borderlast is tempted away, Gene goes and and we're left with old Hatafe playing in the Champions League. Which... Someone could come in for the new Spanish international striker as well. Yes. Oh yeah. Shall we just Hi, have a matter. quick look at the? Yeah, have a, before we go. So that's that's I think that's all done. Uh, La Liga squad. So uh, you're commentating the internationals, aren't you, for Sky? I think is that? Yes. yes both, yeah. both the Spain yeah. games. Yes. Um, pleasure. But funny old squad, isn't it? Quite a yeah. new guy. So Harry Matters in. Canales is in. I think he's had a brilliant season. So I'm, I'm glad that he's in. Yes. Uh, terrible. A long overdue, actually, isn't yeah. it? I think he's I never know, been overdue. capped because of the quality that's yeah. been in the squad. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's a player that's always been good enough to play for Spain, but because they've had for so many country. other good players, yeah. he's he's missed out. So yeah. he's, he's no, he's pleasing to see him. Uh, Any injury issues yeah. he's had have slowed his career yeah. down. So he's had a good, he's Three. a really good season. So glad to see that. Fabian Ruiz is in. Yeah, who's been in and out a bit at Napoli. So you know, it's done well to be in. Sergio Gomez. Uh, he's in with no caps as well. And as I say, Navas back in, what was it, uh, five, 2016, he was last in a squad, I think, or five years since he last played. Do you know what, though? He's, played, he's playing well for Sevilla. Uh, Danny Carvajal would be the obvious, he's yeah, the obvious true. right yeah, back. Then, then you're looking at alternatives. There aren't too many about, you know, that are playing regular in the league. Hmm. Um, as Pili Quetta is one that's missed out on this occasion. Yeah. But he has been around the squad for a while. It depends on what Luis Enrique wants to do with the the fullback position, whether he wants them pushing on. And you know what, Jesus Navas, I know he looked, he's 33 and he's come back from Manchester City. He played sometimes at right-back for City and you thought, he's never going to be a right-back. He's played well as a, a right-sided wing-back. He played in a back four again at the week against Espanyol and was good. So it's a, it's a surprise, but... The defensive positions, the centre back positions in particular, um, and maybe cover fullback for Carver Hull are something that Luis Enrique is, is ser- almost searching for a new signing. 
isn't it? Yeah. You know, Pete Cam Ramos, Carver Hole Alba, that picked itself for four or five years. With no PK now, it's searching around for the likes of Hermoso, Sergio Gomez, Nigo Martinez, competing to, to play alongside Sergio Ramos. So he's, he's, he's got a lot of work to do, Luis Enrique, because in my opinion, when you look at this squad, it's nowhere near the level of the team, which is a surprise to me because they've done so well at youth tournaments over the years, the under-21s. Um, I did expect a better batch of players to be available for Luis Enrique going into this qualification and the next European Championships. There is still time, um, but a lot of players left out. Thiago, Sal, Isco, Koke, Pablo Fornells hasn't been selected on this occasion. To, I said it's Billy Quetta. Alonso hasn't been at his best for Chelsea on the left. Mark Barcher was linked with a, being in the Spain squad again. He's missed out. Paco Alcacer. There's, but that doesn't match up to... I was right down the list. Used to have Cas with Casillas in goal. You've got Carvajal, Ramos, Busquets and Alba still available. Then you're missing the likes of Puyol, Xavi, Iniesta, David Silva, David Villa, hmm. Pedro, Fernando Torres, Fabregas, Capdevila. The, the quality, Carlos Puyol, the quality is a lot better there than it is at the moment. Uh, Paddy has asked us a question, which we're going to defer. That's all right, Paddy. Which La Liga players could move to the Premier League this summer? So I'll give you some thinking time, <coughs> excuse me, because there are no games next week, but we're still going to meet yeah. up, we're still going to do a podcast. So we would like your questions, basically. We, we, all the time. Uh, that we, often we rush people ask us interesting questions, but because we're always looking at the news stories and the games from the week, and we try to you know get through all of that, we we often don't have time for the the off the wall questions. So send us the questions. Use our our uh, Twitter account, which is La Liga underscore Weekly. Uh, Terry and I both on Twitter as well at Driscoll FC at Terry Gibson eighty eight. But use that one, and and yeah. So get in touch with us. We're back with another podcast next weekend we'll have a look at the spain game the international uh, but your questions are crucial thank you for listening tell your friends rate and review we'll see you next week bye bye <laughs>